Hey guys, and welcome back to Call Her Doctor, a podcast for STEM students interested in pursuing advanced degrees. I'm Madison, a former pre-med, starting my medical degree in July of 2020. And I'm Natalie, a first-year PhD student in electrical engineering. Be sure to check out our previous episodes and subscribe so you never miss another. Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Doctor. This week, we're going to be talking about starting something new. Um, Maddie and I, I started my PhD program last year after a little break and um, Maddie is actually starting med school this week so yeah very exciting stuff (laughs) yeah so we're gonna talk a little bit about what it might be like getting back to something new um, kind of some of the strategies that we have employed when getting back to something new that have helped us a lot and also maybe some of the issues that you might face in starting something new and how to overcome those yeah so I guess before we start, Maddie, how are you feeling about going back to school? I, I'm a little nervous right now, to be honest. Um, I, I honestly think most of that kind of nervousness and anxiety comes from the fact that I'm also moving in the process of moving right now. So like I start school tomorrow, my lease starts later this week, um, and I like officially move the week after that. So like I, if I were able to commit, like, all of my time to just school and focus and studying, then, like, I'd be like, great, everything's fine, but I have to spend a lot of my time driving to and from another city this weekend and moving all of my stuff, um, so I'm just a little worried about that kind of balance. Um, yeah. But once I get settled into, you know, new town and my apartment and everything, I think I'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's going to be exciting. It's <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of stuff of to figure out. Crazy week. I'm also excited, though, because I get to see you in this whole process at some yeah. point in the next two weeks, finally. Yeah. For the first time in <laughs> six months. So. Yes. Yeah, we're super excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I guess we can kind of kick it off. We wanted to start out with sort of some of the issues that happen um when you're starting something new and a lot of this is going to be focused on sort of starting a new like school program. Uh, but I think a lot of it translates to other stuff as well. So kind of the first thing we want to talk about that I think both of us have experienced is sort of the letdown you feel when you reach a goal. So Maddie and I both had really big goals. So Maddie getting into med school and for me getting into a PhD program, um, And yeah, I mean, I don't know, Maddie, how long were you like focused solely on that goal as an undergrad? I mean, honestly, pretty much all of undergrad, like, you know, you do things to help you reach that goal and outside of pretty much like the one sport I was involved in during undergrad, everything that I did was to reach that goal. Um, And it, it wasn't, you know like any path, like nothing is going to go perfect along the way. Um, there's always going to be bumps in the road. And I think for me, when I finally got in, when I first found out I got in, I literally sobbed. I was so happy. But soon after that, I was like, I looked back on everything. And like, to me, it felt like I was like, this, this process of me getting here wasn't perfect. And so it felt like I couldn't be that proud of myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, I hadn't thought about that, like, the process not being perfect, but I feel like I had a little bit of that, too. Like, I know, so I 
decided my junior year, I guess, that I wanted to go to grad school, and from then was kind of, like, laser-focused, um, and I got into a lot of schools, but I, like, originally had plans to apply, like, in other countries and stuff as well, um, and a lot of that just, like, didn't happen, you know? It was, like, by the time I looked at those schools, I'd missed a deadline or whatever, um, but, like, I ended up with what I think is the perfect situation, but it was... And I think I didn't realize it when I actually got accepted because I was like I was living and working in Spain at the time. And so I kind of had this other thing going on. But it was almost like when I started my Ph.D. program, it was kind of like, oh, what am I doing now? Like it was a weird sense of like, okay, like from everyone else's perspective, this is a really great thing. But for me, it's just kind of like another step, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of a letdown of like, okay, this is what I worked so hard for and now I'm here and like, I'm still just a student. I don't know. It's a weird, yeah. like it's a, yeah, just a, a thing to be in. I think it's also one of those things where we get so in our own heads and because I think we're so driven and have these long-term goals that even like, it's hard for us to stop and celebrate our accomplishments along the way. Like, in my head, it's like, oh, getting into med school is a huge accomplishment. You know, after graduating med school and starting a residency program will be a huge accomplishment. You know, every step towards becoming the position that I want to be. But I feel like in my head, there's always a part of me that, like, knows that I'm never going to be completely satisfied or happy with myself and feel like I'm, like, at a point where it's, like, worth celebrating until I reach that final goal. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like you hit you hit one thing and it's like, okay, but what's next? And there's no yeah. celebration. Or like you think it's going to be different when you hit the goal and then it's not. Like, yeah, we're still just both going to be, be students. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of when all of this started happening, like August, September, right after I started my program, I started to do some reading about like what is this? Because I'd heard that this happens kind of like when you hit a goal, there's like a letdown. Um, And so there's something called the arrival fallacy, which I think is super interesting. This is from this like summary. I forget where this is from. We can link it. Um, But it says, if you're ridiculously sure that you're going to reach a goal, you essentially can trick your brain into behaving like you've already reached it. The work already seems done or like a mere formality. So dopamine starts to drop off before it otherwise would. Then when you actually hit the finish line, it doesn't feel as satisfying. And I feel like that's just such a good summary of what happened. Um, It's like, you know, obviously we both had really big goals, but I don't know. Did you ever really doubt that you were going to get into medical school? I doubted that I would get in this cycle, like my first cycle Mm -hmm. of flying. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to have to take more time, but... I think for me, it was one of those, because it's the only thing I could ever see myself doing with my life, I I didn't let myself go there into, like, the thought of, like, thinking that it might not happen, because I was like, I don't even want to, like, think about that. Yeah. Um, So, like, ultimately in my head, I was like, whether it happens when I'm 23 or when I'm 30, it will happen at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not as exciting. It's kind of like, okay, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think something we both definitely felt and the big thing that kind of starts, yeah, when you're starting something new or going back into something. Yeah. 
Um, so one of the other issues that like, I feel like, I'm sure, I wonder if you face this going back into school is kind of this whole concept of like starting back at the bottom, you know, you're not, whether it's going back to school or starting back into like a sport that you haven't done in a while, you're not going to be necessarily as sharp or as good as you were the last time that you were doing it simply just because you were taking a break and that doesn't mean that you can get back to the level that you were at or that you might even surpass the level that you were at previously but it's just when you first get back into it it's kind of hard to adjust and feel like you're just super on top of things um Mm -hmm. did you feel like that a lot when you started school again yeah yeah definitely because it's like I graduated with an engineering degree like I am an engineer and then I go back in and it's not like a normal job where you're kind of like coming in with this huge cohort of new engineers it's like I'm one of two new students in our group and everyone else has way more experience (laughs) and so you kind of go from like okay like I know a little bit about what's going on to like I have no idea everyone knows so much and it's like especially because I'm sort of in a field that I didn't have a ton of experience with starting out. Um, It's just like that massive learning curve right at the beginning. You're learning a new university, you're learning new software tools, you're learning new, like, new people, new communication, like all of everything is new. And so it's, yeah, the learning curve is massive. Yeah. So something that I think kind of ties into that starting at the bottom feeling is something that we talked about in the imposter syndrome episode. Um, And that's the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is essentially, I think the best way to kind of look at this is to look up a graph. Um, But basically you kind of start off with high confidence, but very low knowledge in this new thing that you're starting out. Um, And so you kind of, you have high expectations of yourself going in And then as you learn more, your confidence starts to drop because you're realizing that there's a lot more going on than you thought. Um, And you're also at that stage being exposed to people who know way more than you do. Um, And so it just, it is definitely kind of a hit to your confidence. You, yeah, I thought I was an engineer and then I started again and I was like, oh, I don't, (laughs) just kidding. I don't know any of this. Um, So yeah, it's definitely like kind of a blow to your confidence and it takes a while to sort of gain the knowledge and the confidence back like you're gaining knowledge the whole time but your confidence kind of droops in the middle um so that's definitely something that I experienced I'm sure Maddie it'll be kind of the same with med school as well no doubt yeah like I have been doing my kind of reviews of all the topics that my lectures are going to hit this week and I'm like oh great I remember all of this from undergrad but then I remember like obviously it's medical school like we're going to be going way more in depth and I'm like oh gosh like I'm going to hit that again I'm like right now I'm on top of the world because I actually remember (laughs) everything but in literally 24 hours time I'm going to feel like an absolute idiot like and that I don't know anything so yeah I'm I'm like I feel like it'll because I'm so aware of this now though I am almost prepared for that feeling if that makes sense yeah Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we talked about in that episode. It's like, when you know that this is a thing, then like when you start to feel it, you can identify what it is and be like, okay, no, I'm just at that stage where I'm learning more and I'm lacking confidence. Yeah, you're like aware, being aware of it, I think helps. Yeah, for sure. 
And then hopefully in a year's time, I've surpassed that feeling and I'm on top of the world again to an extent, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So one of the other issues that you may face when getting back into something that you haven't done for a while is issues with startup time and your stamina. Um, This can mean a lot of different things. I, I feel like it's easier for me in my head to like relate this directly to getting back into a sport or getting back into shape because it's easier to like picture it this way. But if you work, um, say, like, an 8-to-5 job, it, honestly, sitting at an office or you, whatever your job entails, like, doing that for nine hours of the day when you haven't been doing it for a while takes a lot out of you. Um, it and does. And so it might be really discouraging at the beginning because you'll feel absolutely, like, exhausted at the end of your day, and you're like, I don't know if I can do this if this is how I'm going to feel literally every time I finish a shift or whatever. But you have to remember that your body's still just getting used to it and that eventually you'll normalize out and feel like that's just the norm again and it won't exhaust. Yeah. And I think for both of us, since we took some time off in between, it's like you go from sort of that like undergrad push of like really long days and lots of study hours and then trying to like rev back up to that level after having taken some time off it just yeah it's like a sport it's like okay you got to build back up your your stamina yeah oh no I part of part of my thing is like I can't sit and focus on anything for an extended period of time anymore and I know obviously that's something I'm gonna have to get used to again studying and like I'm at a point right now where like I can't watch more than a single television episode in a row without getting bored and feeling like I have to go do something (laughs) so I mean I guess learning is like a little more like active and like stimulates my brain a little bit more than a tv show but that's something that I definitely worry about like when my classes start this week you know we're obviously online because of covid my days are not not even like nine to five they're like nine to two or three just depending on the day and I'm honestly even kind of worried about that yeah yeah when I started we have like the half cubicles you know where like there's not really a divider between you and the person next to you and my desk also faced towards like a walkway so people would like walk by and that just like amplified the issue of like not being able to focus for long periods of time because you can like hear everyone and see everyone and I was like I don't know how I'm gonna sit at this desk and work but it does get better like it just took I mean it probably took like two months for me to be able to be there from nine to five but yeah yeah it definitely gets better yeah I think also like part of me like whenever I'm by myself I tend to need like multiple stimuli to stay focused for an extended period of time Mm -hmm. and so a lot of that for me means watching like a tv show in the background like something that I've seen before so I'm not really paying attention to it and the only time I ever am really tempted to do that is when I am studying by myself like in my own room or apartment or whatever because I would never dare do that at the library like in my mind like I'm at the library I'm being focused and no distractions or like I'm also probably studying with people mm-hmm. so I worry about everything being online throughout the rest of the summer and in the fall and I'm gonna be like am I gonna sit and try to watch shows while I work not to mention I have to catch up to one of my friends because we're watching Pretty Little Liars right now and I'm behind <laughs> I'm so behind <laughs> um 
but no, yeah, I definitely worry about my ability to stay focused without extra, like, external stimulation, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. let's, I think, I think we've gone over all of the major potential issues that you might face when trying to get back into something new. I, can you think of anything else? I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that kind of covers it. Just the, the moderate sense of discomfort for a couple yeah. of months. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and pop into... I feel like that's a weird way to phrase it. Let's go ahead and pop into kind of different strategies that we can all utilize when we're approaching something again to kind of help you ease back in, transition back in, um, and make it a little bit easier on you. Okay, yeah. so first up, I don't know if this is obvious, but you make a plan and not just, at least for me, I personally can't make plans in my head. I have to write them down. Um, but make a plan and write it down somewhere about how, like, the steps you're going to take to get back to where you want to be. And you have mm -hmm. to stick with it. Even if things get tough, you got to stick with your plan. Yeah. And I think having a routine is important. It's kind of like getting back into a sport. Like you need a set practice plan to build back up that stamina. Like it doesn't just happen. So even just planning like your routine of when you're going to study and stuff and actually sticking to it, like helps build that stamina back up. Yeah. I will also yeah. say as far as studying, one thing that helped for me as far as just like maintaining my focus during that, you know, designated study time is breaking down that designated study time into your specific classes if you need to. So like, rather than just saying, okay, I'm going to study from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., say, okay, from 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. I'm studying this class, and then I'll take a five-minute break, and from 3.35 to 4.30 I'm doing this class. Mm -hmm. um, that'll help you stay even more focused because then you you have, like, this end goal in mind where you're like, okay, I need to get this amount of content, um, you know, done or reviewed, studied, whatever, in X amount of time, and that'll help you stay focused as well. Yeah, yeah. And then another part of this is setting reasonable goals um, and also trying to figure out how to set goals. I think this is a big thing that I struggled with is, like, I knew how to set goals in order to get to grad school, but then once I started grad school, I had to figure out how to set goals in that space. Um, and so that was one of the first meetings that I had with my advisor is he wanted to know, you know, what my goals are. And I had a lot of questions for him about, you know, what is a reasonable goal? Like how many times do people publish, um, you know, when what's kind of the timeline for that and things like that, just to get an understanding of like, this whole new space that you're in and I think it's really important to have those conversations with like your peers but also your professors or students who are a couple years ahead of you just so you can like I think it's really important to have a goal but if you don't know where to start with setting those goals you need to you know <laughs> figure that out pretty quickly um and then just make sure that those goals are reasonable um you may have been a really, really high achiever previously, but since you're starting something new, it's, you know, you're not going to come in kind of at that level that you were and be such a high achiever. There's going to be an adjustment period. And so just being really nice to yourself, well, we'll get into that, but yeah, making sure that the goals that you set are 
you know, reasonable. Yeah. Um, again, if you were to compare it to a sport, it's like, if you're like trying to get into running, you're not going to be like, okay, yep, I'm going to go run a six minute mile. Like, and you haven't worked out in a few months. Like that's not yeah, reasonable. No. <laughs> um, same, like if you're making goals for, you know, what kind of grades you want to get in a certain class, or again, like how much, how efficient you want your research to be, how much time you're going to be spending. Just be reasonable. I don't think it's bad to aim high, but you can aim high within reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to study one hour a day. No, but I also wouldn't. Yeah, you're not going to publish a paper in a month, you know, things like that. That's why it's good to have an understanding of like what is reasonable, I think. Yeah. Um, Okay, so next up, this kind of applies to the reasonable goals is cut yourself a little bit of slack um even if you don't necessarily reach those goals that you set for yourself be reasonable for yourself and think about what it took for you to get there acknowledge all of the other stuff that you did so acknowledge all of the hard work and dedication that it took to get to where you ended up even if it wasn't where your ultimate goal was mm-hmm. yeah this maybe sounds a little bit conceited but like I think sometimes you have to take a step back and look at like okay from an outsider's perspective how am I doing because like yeah I don't know there are days where I'm like wow I didn't get anything done today or this week and like this sucks and I'm not focused and I'm not really progressing and then if I look at it from like someone else's point of view it's like okay well I'm in a PhD program so like I'm not doing too shabby yeah no constantly yeah. I I feel like I'll be like I really just don't have like I don't have it together like I feel like an absolute mess and then I'm like okay look hold up like like you're about to start medical school like you are very I'm a very type a person so like I have this like very specific and detailed like four-year plan laid out for med school as far as just like school and budgeting and like I'm on top of it. I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Just listen. Yeah, you know, if your parents are very encouraging and they tell you how proud they are of you, they're not saying it. Say it. So like yeah. your parents or like any close friends, like you know, most people don't just say those things for no reason. Like if they're proud of you or telling you that like what you're accomplishing is great, like just listen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It can be hard too, but. Yeah. Well, and I think don't compare yourself to people who are a couple years ahead of you either. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure with, like, I think with med school, there's a little bit more of like a year one, year two, year three, you know, that kind of yeah. like where you recognize that people are ahead of you. But I think with like, with research, it is a little bit like, oh, well, you know, they've not been here that long. How do they know this much more than I do? But yeah, I think not comparing yourself is is helpful. Yeah. Another thing is just finding your source of motivation. Um, And we talked a little bit about this in like our goals episode, but um, just understanding your bigger motivation. So outside of, you know, I want to do well in this class or things like that, like what's the reason that you're in medical school or what's the reason that you're in your PhD program? Because when you start to get really hard on yourself and like, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if this is for me. um, And you're in kind of that, like realizing how much you don't know. If you have that 
big motivator in the back of your mind, it's easier, I think, to kind of position yourself to be like, okay, this is hard and it really sucks, but I'm also fully aware of like why I'm here. I know it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but I can like move past that discomfort to get towards where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Um, I would also say that when, like, you have to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing for you, which like something we should have, you know, if you're in grad school, like a planning on applying to grad or professional school, this is something that you like should have been thinking about for a while. But you have to make sure that whatever you're doing, or whatever you're aiming for, that it, you're going to do it for yourself and mm-hmm. not for anyone else. Because if you say you go to med school because your parents want you to be a doctor and you really just don't really have that much interest in it, like your heart's going to be in it and it's going to be so much harder to push through the challenging times. Yeah. Your own kind of internal motivation. Yeah. Okay. Um... So next up, and one of our strategies is to find yourself kind of a buddy, a friend, a pal, if you will, um, mm-hmm. to kind of help you get through this. Um, I find it helpful if you're close to this person, close-ish, um, but you don't have to be. It can just be someone that's in a similar position to you that is probably going through a lot of the same feelings towards like getting back to something new. Um, so for me, I have... 239 other students in my med school class that can be like other motivators for me but yeah just find someone who you can be close to and check in with um and talk to about how you're feeling and how you're doing um and that maybe is someone that can encourage you when you're starting to feel very discouraged or down yeah and I think being honest about how you're feeling is also good because chances are if you're like I don't know what's going on I don't know what I'm doing and they're also new in a program like they're probably feeling the same thing Mm -hmm. um I know I came into our group at the same time as two other students and one of them had a lot more experience in our field than um the other student and I did um and it's just been the other student is also a female which like is that's very rare that I would come into, like, yeah, EEPHD is, like, it's 13% female, so the fact that I would come into a lab group at the same time as another female student is, like, mind-blowing, um, but I'm just really grateful, because, yeah, those first couple months where I was, like, I don't know if this was the right choice, I think she was kind of feeling similar things, um, and so it's just, it's kind of a sanity check almost of like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like this is just because we're both starting something new that we feel this way. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So next up you, it'll be helpful if you give yourself things to look forward to on, you know, your path to getting to where you want to be. So, you know, ultimately, like, for example, the path that I'm on right now, my goal is to graduate from med school at the top of my class. Um, but that won't happen for another four years. And it's, I feel like it's really hard to stay motivated if that goal that you have is so far away. You have to find kind of smaller goals for yourself in the middle of, you know, this whole journey. So for example, something that I'm really looking forward to is making friends that are like-minded and are also just as motivated as I am in my field. Um, Obviously, I have Natalie, who is very driven and motivated and great, but we are not in the same field. And we also live 
what, 1,500 miles apart? Something like that. Something um, like that. Yeah. It's a 20-hour uh, drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in undergrad, I didn't have, like, all of my pre-med friends, I didn't become friends with until junior year. And even then, I didn't have that many that I was super close with. Just, like, by chance, like, most of the people that I became friends with were involved in other stuff. Um, which is totally cool, but it was it's just hard to, I guess, kind of find connections with a lot of people if you don't have um, this, like, kind of difficult task or goal um, in mind. And so I'm looking forward to making friends. Um, I'm also looking forward to getting to live on my own. Um, what else am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to getting back into research. Um and hopefully publishing at some point. So those are all like small things that I'm looking forward to that will hopefully happen on the road to me finishing med school. Yeah. And I think like if you can find someone who's a couple years ahead of you and can kind of set an example of like those little goals that you can look forward to, you know, like one year from now, kind of where you want to be. I think that's helpful too. Like we have a girl in our group who's two years ahead of me. And every time she has some big success, it's like, oh, okay, that's, like, within sight, you know, it's not four years from now, it's a little bit sooner, um, and having, yeah, kind of, like, those intermediate goals to look forward to, too, yeah, so another thing, um, that's super helpful, but that I definitely struggled with is asking early and asking often, um, if you're starting something new, there's going to be kind of the general starting over questions of, like, you know, where do I go to get my ID and where do I eat on campus and where do I park, you know, those kinds of things. Um, But more so I want to focus on things like, I guess in research, sort of understanding the space that you're working in. So understanding what's out there, what tools do you use, what, you know, really drilling down on what is the group working on and focusing on. Um, Because just, yeah, from very early on, there were a lot of, like, terms and stuff going on in meetings that I didn't understand, Um, and I think it's intimidating to ask questions when you're not, you know, super adjusted to the environment, Um, but not asking those questions can really hold you back, and so that was one of the things that I really liked about my advisor was he basically said, you know, I'm okay with wherever you are on the learning curve but if you don't ask questions I don't know where you are on that learning curve and we can't catch you up Um, which I think is a really great way of looking at it is like the more you ask questions the more you're showing where you're at on the learning curve and the more people can like get you the help you need and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like ask them the things that you can Google. Like if you don't know a term and you have your laptop in a meeting, look it up. But if that doesn't work, you know, then make sure you're asking those questions um, and ask, you know, kind of there's like the three before me rule, like try to check three different sources. And if you can't still can't figure it out, then ask as soon as you can, because the faster you get those questions answered, the faster you progress. And it doesn't do anybody any good if you're just holding yourself back because you're too scared to ask questions. Yeah, it's like in undergrad, for example, if you, you know, you're struggling in whatever, you know, unit of a course that you're in, and you know you've been struggling, and then you suddenly try to go to the professor's office hours the day before the exam, like, what good does that do you? Like, Mm -hmm. pretty much none. Like, you're hardly, even if they, like, can 
kind of teach you everything in that you know say like 15 minutes that you have with them in office hours it's it's too too little too late um so i mean i won't say there's no such thing as a stupid question because it's definitely not true but uh <laughs> but like i mean most people aren't going to get annoyed if you approach them with like good questions mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be like a super intense or like complicated question but like again like natalie said like if it's a question that you have that you can't find an answer to anywhere else it's probably not a stupid question so don't be afraid to ask don't like no one's gonna think you're stupid if you approach them with a question like no like in and if they do it, that's on them yeah no exactly like in my time as a TA for like what a semester and a half or a year and a half I genuinely never thought a question that anyone asked me was stupid ever um and people would ask pretty simple questions but like it's it's still not a stupid question so yeah another thing is um sort of relearning expectations so one of the I forget where I saw this, but it said that basically not having clear expectations just kind of sets you up to feel guilty because you never know if you're working hard enough or if you're meeting the expectations that people have of you. And so this is, I think, another one of the the um, conversations to have early on in, I guess, more so in like the research field, um, but have, you know, have the conversation of like, okay, how do you measure productivity? What do you expect, you know, sort of for my first three months? What do you expect for my first six months? What do you expect for my first year? Um, And just feeling that out, because if you're trying to guess what people's expectations are, um, that is honestly really stressful because you just, you kind of feel like you're on edge, like you don't know if you're doing well enough. Um, So yeah, just... A really really important conversation to have anytime you're starting something new um, even you know with the sports example like there's usually a conversation with your coach about okay what you know what is the expectation what do you expect the steps to be to get there and that sort of thing but I think in research especially it's it's really an important conversation to have yeah I will also say like don't be afraid to go in and like follow up on those kind of expectations and timelines I guess that they may have laid out for you because those are subject to change and you also may end up in a situation where like their expectations have changed of you but they don't necessarily communicate that to you and then you end up looking bad in the long run I might be speaking from personal experience (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yeah just like don't be afraid you know maybe every like three months or so I think in research is reasonable to recheck in with Uh, kind of your superior and ask them okay is this still what you need of me in this period of time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if you're like PI or whoever doesn't already have some kind of system to do like an end of year evaluation I think that's a good thing to ask for like I know we have we like theoretically have one but we haven't done it yet it's been almost a year so that's definitely like a conversation that I'm kind of looking forward to having because it's just good to, you know, yeah, I'd rather know that I'm not doing well than be worried about it or mm-hmm. know that I'm doing well, you know, than be worried about yeah. it. 
Yeah. Um, I will also say, like, I know, I guess, in research and, like, in a PhD program, you kind of have, like, a built-in mentor in your PI and, like, older yes. students in your lab. With med school, that might not be the case. Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is I've, like, literally made a list of people that I, like, would like to have as, like, a potential mentor. Um, but, what, like, you have to do your own work and find your own mentor in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would recommend doing that early so that like that way those expectations that not necessarily that they might have of you but that expectations that you should have of yourself in order to reach your long-term goals you know what those are so like for example like I have literally a list of people who are in specifically are in the field that I want to go into um, and I want to approach some of them and ask them okay what did you do to get here what what has changed since you were in school and training um, that I need to know that, you know, I might have, there might be like more or less, you know, whatever it is expected of me to go into the same field. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mentors are so important if you, yeah. yeah. And student organizations are a really great way to get connected to those too. Yes, for sure. Student organizations don't stop after undergrad. So, I mean, our school has a list of student organizations, um, but like find that list somewhere whether it's grad school or professional mm -hmm. school uh your school definitely has them so check those out get involved and it's also a great way to get to know other students that have stuff in common with you yeah so yeah hopefully our strategies were helpful and hopefully we also highlighted some issues uh that might happen i think that being aware of any of these issues that might come up again are really helpful in staying motivated in the first place so you don't just feel like it's just you anyone that is going back to something that they haven't done in a while is going to feel these things unless they're just like superhuman. But I promise you that like most of us are not. Um, so don't feel like you're alone in feeling any of these things. Um, but these strategies should be really helpful. When I start employing these strategies later this week, um, maybe we'll do an update and I'll let you guys know how they're working. <laughs> um, but I mean, even from Natalie herself, who's who went back, like, she can already tell you that they're great. Well, I think that's it for this episode. We will chat with you guys next week. Yeah. And as always, Thanks. follow us on Instagram. If you have questions, you can message us. Write us a yeah. review on iTunes. Share with your friends. Screenshot us. Tag us. Share it in your stories. <laughs> Literally just comment on our Instagram posts and say hey. Um, yep. Yep. So, yeah. We'll talk to y'all next week. Hi guys, thanks so much for listening to Call Her Doctor podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at callher.podcast where we share more tips and tricks and answer questions. For more information, be sure to check out our personal blogs at themjdiaries.com and sheengineered.com. You can find the links in the show notes. We would also love it if you would head to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review so we can get this podcast out there to more people and continue to grow the Call Her Doctor podcast community.